Should you read Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game? Should it be the next book that you pick up? Those are the questions I'm working to help you answer in this episode. On the show today is a former engineer turned full-time entrepreneur named Sam Tho. And Sam helps creatives get systems set up in their business. I first started talking to Sam when I was looking to get systemization incorporated into my photography business, specifically through a program called HoneyBook. Now, Sam comes alongside of creatives like me and helps us build out the underlying systems within HoneyBook so that we can serve our customers better. She is super smart. She is a student of Simon Sinek's work and particularly the infinite game. So I thought it made great sense to have her on here. I have been grateful for every coffee, every chat, every discussion I've had with Sam um, because she's very well-spoken, very insightful, and always giving good practical tips for how to make business a little bit better. So without further ado, here we go. Here's Sam. Sam, tell us a little bit about what you do, how you help entrepreneurs, and what you're um, looking to do in the next few months. Okay, well, the easiest way for me to explain what I do is to say I help entrepreneurs make their business look and sound the same across all of their platforms. Okay. Essentially, what that breaks down to is your customer interfaces with your business at the very beginning, probably on social or on a website, and how you present there should be consistent all the way through your process. So I help small business owners look at what that process looks like for their customer and then figure out how we can make it feel cohesive all the way through. Excellent. So somewhere in our first conversations, you brought up a book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I had read Start With Why, Simon's first book, but it came to light that you were a fan of this book in particular. Mm -hmm. And then later in the process, you kindly gifted me a copy of The Infinite Game as a client gift. It was beautifully <laughs> wrapped. And since that time, we I have gone through the book, and I think you kind of went back through and reviewed some stuff. But I wanted the point of this podcast today to be a brief and digestible um, review and discussion by the two of us on The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, and just see if there are some pieces that we can pull out that would be helpful to side hustling photographers, uh, creative entrepreneurs, some of the people that you're trying to reach, the people that I try to bring value to, and just let them know, kind of make or help them make that decision of whether they should go pick up the infinite game and read it, or whether they can wait till a little bit further in their journey. So that's kind of the purpose of why we're going to be talking about this. Uh, any thoughts from you on that, Sam? I originally came into contact with Infinite Game when I was just leaving corporate and okay. moving into helping small business owners. And then reading it again this time, I kind of got a completely different perspective of it. Really? So I'm sure we'll get into what those were, but I don't know that it's necessarily something somebody needs to pick up right away unless they are coming directly out of corporate. And okay. then... I think there's different value points there. That's a great point, and we will talk about that a little bit. Um, but share with us how you got led to the infinite game. Had you started with Start With Why, or what was sort of your first exposure to Simon Sinek, and how did all that stuff hit you when you are in the corporate world, and how did you get into reading the book whenever you did? Okay. I worked for an automotive manufacturer as an engineer. Um, I was a problem-solving engineer, and in corporate America, there are tons and tons of problems. And being the person that's supposed to come in and fix all those problems, you got to see a lot of the root causes that created them. 
And the group that I was a part of, one of the colleagues that I worked with was like, oh, have you seen Simon Sinek start with why the TED talk that he did? Then we as a team read Start With Why. And being in that role for a couple of years, um, I, I kind of just loved the concept of being able to actually enjoy going to work mm-hmm. and not feeling like you had to be concerned about whether you would have a job tomorrow or if so-and-so was going to stab you in the back. Um, and Simon Sinek's whole concept is that you should be able to love and enjoy going to work and feel safe when you're there. Yeah. So when he came out with all of the succeeding, like the books that came after that, I'm pretty certain that I've read all of them, okay. <laughs> including the ones yep. on how to like find your why and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Yep. Leaders so, eat last and leaders eat couple last. Of variations yes. there. Yes. So Infinite Game. Um, I don't know if I read it the first time once I had left or if it was. Yeah, I guess it was right after I left. So okay. I was still in the process of figuring out my side hustle at the time, what it was going to look like. And um, the thing that really hit me most about it there was that business doesn't have to be all for profit. Okay. One of the main things that just continued to stick out to me in that book was that just because you have a business doesn't mean that it should only serve you, the owner. Mm. It should serve the community and the people that are employed by it. And that was very on brand and typical for a Simon Sinek book, but it just hit home so hard because I had come from a place that didn't have any of that in what they did. It felt so self-serving. Every decision was made based on how much it was going to cost us, not based on the safety and security of our employees, of the people that were the end users of our stuff. As long as our customers didn't find out that we screwed them Mm. nobody cared and it just ate away at my soul because you weren't you reading this book in like a little breakout group at that company i was i was reading it with um two other so one person that was still working in corporate one person Mm. that had been an entrepreneur for eight or so years it was very diverse little Mm -hmm. group um and to hear the perspectives, we read through it like a chapter a week. We did it with Simon in his like infinite game Ooh, reading. There's like thing. a book club. Yeah, he along. did one right okay. after the book came out. And um, very cool. So you got to like submit questions for Simon and that kind of thing. Um, but just going through it at the time, that concept of people should be able to go to work, have a main purpose, a, a why that everybody <laughs> is supporting, and it's not just for profit. And we're kind of like this, we're all in this together kind of thing. So we should work to serve and improve and help each other. I I think that's always kind of been a little part of me. And, you know, I always used to tell people at the job, we're all in this together. Yeah. If you screw over somebody else, you're really just screwing us over. Yeah. So, yeah. It it feels good to have a smart guy put words to it and like um, affirm it or solidify it. Yes. And even when you first say something like, your business doesn't need to be only about creating profit. I mean, even when you said it just now, it kind of hit me as like, ooh, like that's wrong. That sounds terrible. <laughs> so terribly <laughs> unbusinessy. It's not right. Your company's going to fail. It's doomed to failure. And I think what you explained and kind of what I felt a little bit through the book was like, he does lay out the case that that's, that it's not the case, that if you don't focus exclusively on profit, that your business is going to go down. 
that there is room for some of these warm and fuzzy things like you're talking about creating safety, um, creating camaraderie among the employees, among people that you're leading and things like that. So great point. I mean, overall, when you think about it, and especially working with small businesses, with how many small businesses there are nowadays, you have to have something that differentiates you from everybody else. So you're a photographer, you're a Mm -hmm. brand photographer. What makes you different, uncopyable? What's the thing that's going to make people come to you? Is it just great photos? Because there's a bunch of people out there that can do just great photos. So true. But when you focus on hey, I'm serving this purpose, whatever it is, a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about bringing profit to myself. That's something that people can connect with. It's part of what draws an audience in. I love that. Have you experienced that once you went out full time? um, And just to bring everybody up to date, you did eventually leave the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Um, You were side hustling for a little bit, but now you are fully self-employed. Yes. um, Doing what you do. Did you experience that some now in those first years or first months where you weren't necessarily making a decision exclusively from the profit motive, but that it still helped your business or it just helped you feel like continuing on in your business? I guess that like you had a deeper sense of what Sam Tho was here to do in the life of the people around her. Have you experienced that? I've definitely experienced that. So when I first started, And I think part of why I became an engineer was because I wanted to help people solve problems. And when it got to a spot in corporate where I couldn't do that anymore, or I wasn't allowed to do that, moving into working for myself and helping others, making their lives easier, Mm -hmm. using those engineering skills of Mm -hmm. process optimization and essentially kind of a little bit of marketing. Most engineers would probably say, no, we don't market, but you can. it's actually a really cool mix. And when I first moved into the side hustle and then into full on my business, it's, it's definitely helped to be able to say, I'm here to help you solve your problems so that you can actually enjoy the moments Mm. that you want to have in life. Now, if that for you is making a million dollars a year, then great. Let's figure out how to get you there. If that for you is having to work only 20 hours a week and still make enough money to do all the things that you want to be able to do with your family, let's find a way to do that. Because my purpose isn't just making money for me. If that was the case, I'd do affiliate marketing all day and do nothing else. Yeah. But it comes down to my greater purpose, which is part of how Infinite Game is, focusing on something other than just profit. It's not about how much money can I make off of Brian, the photographer. It's how can I help him be more successful at whatever it is he wants to do. Mm. And I think people connect more with that. They don't feel like I'm trying to sell them on something. It's, oh shit, she's actually trying to help me with things. Yep. And it's actually like a greater compensation to you. You know what I mean? Like it's the best, the best payment is, hey, thank you for the confidence you've instilled in me. I mean, I get that sometimes through the photos. Thank you for helping us tell our story confidently. Or maybe for you, it's thank you for um, the fact that I could go to my child's soccer game and be fully present and not be on my phone and be worried about an incoming customer because I had automation set up, something like that. Yes, exactly. Jumping back to the Infinite Game, the book specifically here, Mm -hmm. how'd you feel about the flow of the book, Sam? Was it fast, slow, even? Like As you've kind of gone back through it, what's your take on 
maybe how long it would take someone to read it, what they should expect as they jump into it. I think the first time I read it, I was ravenously ripping through it, okay. but I had to like slow up yep. because of I the was, book club yeah, situation. we were doing the book club thing. But the second time I read through it, I felt like there were parts that really kept me interested. And then there were other parts that kind of meandered a little bit. Okay. Um, what intrigued you this time? Some of the same things that did last time. So the, the concept of we're all in this together and it is a service-based thing. Um, I really enjoyed um, the part about a worthy rival. So oftentimes working with small businesses, we talk about competition and doing a SWOT analysis, strengths, mm -hmm. weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, and everybody is so concerned about what their competitors are doing. Competitors and worthy rivals are different. And he definitely explains the value of a worthy rival and how you can use that to better what you're doing, not just trying to compete with them, but because they try to push you yes. to be better at what you do, not yeah. to undercut them, not to figure out the shortcut, the cheaper way, but to actually push you to up level your game. Try to flesh that out a little bit for us as it might relate to a creative entrepreneur uh, I guess I can almost only think in terms of photography here, but like maybe either with what you do or what your wife does with personal training, what might a worthy rival look like as opposed to just an out and out competitor as you understand it from the book? Okay. Um, let's use, let's use photographers. Okay. A, a majority of your audience is photographers. Let's go there. So, there's a million wedding photographers out there. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. And one wedding photographer could look at someone who they constantly see themselves competing with for bids, right? You go up against the same people all the time because you're in the same area. Yeah. Competitor, yeah, they show up all the time. I just want to beat them. Yes. Whatever it is. Yep. I have to be better than them. Worthy rival, when you break it down, is not I have to be better than them. It's I admire how they do their work. Mm. And when they up-level their stuff, it pushes me to up-level mine. So maybe, in an example, we notice that that competition or that worthy rival has up-leveled their client experience doing mm -hmm. something like implementing HoneyBook, sure. where there's automations and beautiful proposals and a really cared-for client experience. Well... Okay, there's a couple different ways that we as a competitor could look at that. Okay, well, they're going to charge more money for that. How do I raise my price so that I can make just as much as them or more than them? Yeah. Well, there's a couple different ways you could do that. You could keep the same stuff you're doing and just raise your price mm -hmm. to compete. Mm -hmm. Or you can look at it from a, they're pushing me to be better. Absolutely. So what can I look at in my business that gives clients that same level of experience where it's worthy of that new price point or whatever it hurts because we have to examine ourselves a little bit <laughs> it does but <laughs> what's wrong with my operation <laughs> how could i you know what's deficient or maybe just not where it should be and it's not necessarily even just deficient when it comes to a worthy rival they're going to push you outside of that com comfort zone mm -hmm. Let's think about it in terms of playing sports. When you played high school sports, there was always somebody either on your team or on your school's top rival mm -hmm. that was just that good. And every time you played against them, you played your best game ever because they pushed you mm -hmm. to play harder, to take a little bit more risk. And you took risk and it worked. 
because they were pushing you to up level your game. Yeah. Worthy rival. Love that. Let's take a break. Okay. Georgia, we'll be pausing so you can <laughs> take a break from your editing and come back to it. <laughs> Sam, take us back. Why do you think the book is called The Infinite Game? And what did that mean to you as you were reading it? Okay. So The Infinite Game, a majority of the time, businesses will look at setting SMART goals. Everybody tells you, set a SMART goal. It's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And SMART goals are good for the purpose that they're intended. But when it comes to business, in most cases, we are looking to play an infinite game. And like Simon says, there's no... (laughs) Simon says. (laughs) (laughs) Good pun. (laughs) Hey, I can be cheesy too. Um, There is no winning in business. There's no like you get to win the the game of chess. You don't... It's not like that in business. It's not like that in business. Even if you are so good that you put all of your competitors out of business and nobody wants to go work with them, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before somebody comes into that game and says, ha ha, you thought you had it all. I got you. True. So the infinite game in a couple different ways is when you're designing and working on your business and setting your goals. If profit's your only focus, great. But how does that play into how you're helping the world? And at what point does your business either die? Because if profit's all you're focused on, as soon yeah. as you're gone, yeah. there's no reason for the business to exist. No. But when it comes to an infinite game, you're looking at how to make your business essentially a lasting legacy, something that provides for the community around you and the people that you employ well after your initial, hey, let's do this, is surpassed. It's an infinite game because there's no winning. And when you look at and focus on essentially what Simon calls a just cause, so why does your business exist? It's not just to make money or to just create a lasting legacy. It's to promote a further mission that in some ways is somewhat unattainable. Mike Michalowicz, another... Great author. Great author. Profit first. Yes. Pumpkin plan. If you think about the way that he talks about his mission or his brand promise Mm. or the things that he's going after, he says, I'm on a journey to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. Yes. Never will that goal be accomplished. You're right. It is a just cause, save one thing. Mm -hmm. Simon defines a just cause in the infinite game Mm -hmm. as something that you are for something rather than against. Okay. But... Overall, it's an infinite game because no matter how well Mike Michalowicz plays that game, mm-hmm. that mission, that journey, that thing that he's going yeah, after he's will never be satisfied. Ever. And the company that he creates can continue on forever yeah. with that mission. Business is an infinite game. Well done. <laughs> takes care of that one (laughs) did you end up researching any topics from the book further i'll speak really briefly about one that i did um he talks about lego the lego corporation in there like lego Mm -hmm. uh, blocks we got some legos here we love legos i think he just talked about how as i remember it's one of those companies who that did put some 
emphasis on the warm and fuzzy and it was not just like ruthlessly profit driven quarter by quarter that I just remember this kind of like bigger overarching mission of um, giving kids something fun to do. And there again, it's an infinite game. It's not something that they're going to win and then close out and then it's done. Each time that I've gone into the Lego store, which I think is just twice in the Haywood mall here in Greenville, it has been an excellent experience and they're either really, really well trained in the sales process. Like to me, it didn't feel like skills that you can just learn in like a four day training workshop with your company. It was like, man, these people are passionate about it, but then they don't just ramble because they're passionate. They're able to channel that into helping you pick out something that's going to serve you, be a great toy for your kids and make your life better. Have you been in there? Or no? I have not been. In oh there. man, you got to go in the Lego store. Okay. But, um, and so I, the only thing I researched further was that I went and looked up their uh, Google reviews on the Haywood Mall Lego store. Mm-hmm. You can tell the workers really love their job. That was one of the reviews. Great store experience, friendly staff. So that was my extra research, totally anecdotal. But go in the Lego store. I've only heard this same story from my friends, uh, other friends that have been in there. It's awesome. It's refreshing because like... They're passionate about the product and they want to help you find something that you love and enjoy and it really comes across. So I'd be interested in hearing your take once you go in there and do that. I will definitely do that. When it comes to you look at that and go either they're really well versed in the sales process or something. Yeah. Simon Sinek and his collection of books as well as the infinite game really focus on connecting with not only clients but people that work for you that believe what you believe, Mm. right? And when you work for a company whose values align with your own, or they pass the celery test, for example. Yeah, from start with why? Yes. What was the celery test? Okay. Run that back by us. All right, quick quick summary of the celery test. It's you say you wanna get healthy. And when you go into the grocery store, you have choices, right? You're, You're picking out your groceries for the week. When you go up to the counter, are you going to pass the celery test? You said you wanted to get healthy. What are the things that are on the conveyor going to be sure. rung up? Okay. Is it chips and sodas and all of those things? Or is it celery For sure. and carrots? Do you pass the celery test? Are your, your actions, actions line match up with what you're stating? your words? Okay. Most people have all heard the saying, you know, actions speak louder than words. But when it comes down to it, when you have a business... There are so many opportunities for your actions not to match up with the words that you say of who you are. True. And when a company and people that work for that company see the actions matching up with the words, it connects them even further with what they're doing, the product that they're doing. And they don't have to worry about having a great sales process because the people that are there are focused on giving you the best experience. If that means that the perfect toy for your kid is not a set of Legos... They're going to be like, maybe this isn't the place for you because, Mm -hmm. and here might be some other options. And they're not worried about you not coming back because they've served well, they've served well. B, you're not the client that they need right then because you walk out of there with something that's not good for you. They're going to, you're going to remember that. And you're gonna be like, they just sold me something to sell me something. Yep. It's that long-term versus short-term. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Great point. I think that kind of answered the question. Yeah, no, excellent. Was there an excerpt or two uh, that jumped out to you? And what parts did you find have stuck with you the most? You mentioned The Worthy Rival. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else from the book that stands out to you? I really love The Just Cause. Okay. Because even though I haven't fully worked out what mine looks like, it offers you something more than just products or service. Yeah. Oftentimes when I work with clients on their branding and their messaging, I ask them, okay, if your mission statement or if your vision were written on the wall across from your bed in the morning, would it convince you to get out of bed Mm. on that night where you didn't sleep well and you had a really hard time getting to sleep, it was already late, and you're just exhausted when you wake up? If you see those words on the wall in front of you, is it going to convince you, okay, I've got to get out of bed because I got to go do that. Yeah. That. It's huge. That's that's hugely powerful. And when you as a business owner can look at that and go, I want to get out of bed every day to serve that. Mm. You found it. That's right. That's the thing. And it's not just about profit then. It's not about products. It's not about services. It's about the greater good and how we're all in this together. Yeah. I think it's probably precious few people who are just only motivated by the money there there probably are some out there i'm not indicting it or condemning it but i i know for me at least and for probably i mean i think most of the people that i talk to in this same space they would burn out a lot quicker if that were the only thing that they were pursuing and sometimes you have jobs where you take less in monetary payment maybe you underpriced the job Maybe it ended up having an extra phase that you didn't know about. You're going to have to go back out there and do this or that or the other thing that you end up, some people, some people might even say breaking even on that project, but that it is, <clears throat> it's furthering what you want to do and it is building you up as a person and as a service provider. And you don't regret that project at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. If this were your Amazon review, Sam, how many stars are you given the infinite game? And yes, you can use half stars. <laughs> um, a, I don't think Amazon lets me use half stars. Does it? I know, but we do here. And I would probably say this time reading it through, I'd give it four stars. Okay. The first time five stars because it just captured me so much with the juxtaposition of corporate and how it could be. The possibility yeah. of what life could be like owning, running a business and how it could all work. Um, four stars this time, just because I feel like it is for the most part targeted at the masses that work at a corporate company. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely things about this book that a small business owner could take and use just cause for one and defining it in a way that people can relate to putting it into a short snippet of words that says, this is why we do what we do. Mm hmm. A second portion of that is actually having the words, the values, and the actions all match up. Yeah. So a lot of small businesses will say, hey, I'm looking for some information, or hey, what's your opinion on this? And then when someone gives it to them, like as a poll or something like that, they go and do whatever they wanted to originally, and they just don't listen to the voice, right? So in that case, it's making sure that you're passing the salary test. Sure. And then... As small businesses, we're often competing against the same people over and over and over again. But if you're concerned so much about your competition that you feel yourself copying what they're doing just to catch up, Mm -hmm. 
look for the worthy rival. Yeah. Not just the competitor, but the one that's going to inspire you to be better. Better version of yourself. That's going to push you to serve your clients, your community, your employees, and even your family better. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. So if Simon Sinek were sitting with us right now, what would you want to say to him? Mm. This is often a hard one for me because I feel like a majority of what I read from Simon is something that I agree with. Um, In some of the instances where I've looked at his work now that I've spent so much time working with small businesses, I feel like he makes some assumptions that probably aren't 100% accurate. Okay. He assumes that because a business is small, everybody knows and understands its why or its purpose or its just cause. And I've seen a number of examples where a company that has 10 or less people, the people that are actually doing the work don't know why they do the work that they do for who they do it for. Yeah. Um, So I would definitely say I understand that your uh, audience is really the corporate masses, but don't be so quick to judge that because a business is small, that why is aptly communicated. It's totally solidified. Yes. I think that's a great point. I mean, I think sort of to what you've mentioned earlier, like we're just from the outset, we're kind of pushed into um, that you go into business to make money, to make your annual income. I get the question a lot, like what type of photography will make money? You know, yeah, like, what should I, I what should I do? What, what should I go and do? And how can I make money? I want to get into real estate photography because I'm sure you can make a lot of money. Do they have any interest in real estate photography? No, Mm-mm. none. And a lot of times I feel like people go and decide, okay, I'm going to go work for a small business because I'm not going to have all those same things from corporate. But if you run a small business, like people run a large corporate business, you're still going to have the same things. Communication is still going to be a problem. If you don't understand why you work with certain clients and what makes certain clients the best ones that you work with, then your business doesn't always get those clients. You still get the clients that frustrate the crap out of you (laughs) frustrate the heck out of your employees and it's just finding the time to come up with and communicate on a regular basis why you do what you do why you're passionate about who you serve and how you serve them makes a huge difference well said so we touched on this but for our listeners who are typically side hustling creatives would you recommend this book at the outset of their journey Or are there others that you feel are more fundamental? I'll just share really briefly what I had written in response to that. I personally would not consider this a must read early on in the entrepreneurial journey. Right out of the gate, I think people should read Profit First. That's a Mike Michalowicz book. Yes. The Pumpkin Plan, another Michalowicz book. Mm -hmm. And for me, How to Win Friends and Influence People, pretty much my favorite book of all time. Mm -hmm. So what's your response to that? Um, I think I would agree in terms of it's not a must read at the outset, but if you are in a place where you find yourself struggling to find the right people to hire, Mm. or if you're struggling to come up with the thing that connects with your ideal clients, because you feel like something's missing, then looking at the Simon Sinek book series, especially start with why, and this one kind of tie into the overall branding and the purpose of a business. In terms of any other books that I would recommend, I definitely jump on Profit First with okay. you for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually just finished reading Profit First and setting up all of my fabulous little you bank did. accounts. Yes. Go, Sam. Um, and one of the other ones that I've really thoroughly enjoyed is called Selling the Invisible. Okay. Um, it's a whole book with bite-sized snippets on really selling, but it also kind of touches somewhat on client experience 
and a little bit on marketing and a little bit on like systematizing things Mm -hmm. to make things easier. So selling the invisible is definitely one that I would recommend, but it's one of those ones where you can like pick it up and put it down because each section is either a half a page up to like three pages and that's it. So it makes it very easy to pick up and put down. I know you were reading that when we first met. Is there something applicable that you are recalling or that jumps out at you that just kind of changed the way you pursue your business or the way you execute what you do? Any just theme or thought that... Um, I think there's a couple different things from Selling the Invisible. One that kind of connects with some of the stuff that Simon says. (laughs) Um, In here, in The Infinite Game, I think he references Sam Walton. Okay. The guy who started Walmart and his concept behind it. Uh, Selling the Invisible also references Sam Walton in kind of the same way, but it talks about go to places where your competition isn't and serve those groups. So Mm. it's kind of talking a little bit about niching um, and finding a way to serve groups that you want to serve, even if people are telling you Mm. there's no business there. If you Mm. know that there's business there, you just have to figure out how to do it because nobody else has figured it out first. That's a great part of it. I, I I I can connect with the nobody does it. There's gotta be a reason. Yep. But yep. I mean, how many people are out there that sit there and say, you know what, I'm gonna help you connect all of those platforms and make them all look and sound the same so that you're not feeling like a crazy person. Yeah. Most people don't advertise it that way. No. Um, so there's that. And then also from there. I think one of the things that hits home for me is using tech to help you with your marketing. Mm -hmm. So automations aren't just for email drips and keeping up with your clients, making sure that you've got automations that help you with your marketing to make it easier for you to manage is a huge deal. We're small business owners. We're creatives and solopreneurs and If you do all of the things that everybody tells you you have to do, you're constantly stuck in hustle culture and you never have time to rest. So putting into place systems and tech that help you manage those things or help you do those things on a regular basis is a huge impactful value, I think. So true. So yeah. Well said. Thanks for the help on this book review, Sam. Appreciate you coming. (laughs) Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Where can people find you and connect with you? Um, you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at curated click or the curated click. And then my website is the curated Got it. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You guys. Hey, if you're a photographer and you've been listening to this episode, I want to share with you briefly about a 12 week coaching program that I'm offering right now. I have one client going through it right now and I'm open to about two more. And what it is is 12 weeks where we look at your photography business. If you're a side hustler, if you've made some money with your camera, if you're considering the possibility of going full time, we look at where you are right now and talk about where you want to be three months from now. So we figure out your ambitions for three months from now. We break that down into goals and milestones that we're going to have you work to hit along the way. Then we break those milestones down into very targeted and tactical actions. And what we do is we jump on the phone once a week to review the tactical action for that week that you were focused on. It might be something like establishing a Google My Business page or getting your first Google review, things like that. But we talk through how it went, how it's going to feed towards your ultimate ambition 
and then we choose something for the next week that you'll focus on. So that's the program. Right now it's $250 per month. It's $250 per month and it's a three-month program. So please DM me or find me on Instagram at b.knox.photography if you think you might be interested. Happy to jump on a call and talk about it and see if it might be something that will help you move towards the goals that you have for yourself with your photography and with your business. Again, thanks very much for listening. I'll catch y'all on the next episode.